Hey yo, Johnny Dumas here, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and welcome to Team Engineer. If you're looking to lead a team of engineers or engineer your team for greatness, tune in now with your podcast hosts, Jade Green and Kyle Probert, and be prepared to ignite. Hey guys, so for this episode, you've got me, your host, Jade Green, solo for once. Because I wanted to take you behind the velvet rope, draw back the backstage curtains and allow you to see a little bit of what we do to lead the teams at Vare. So today I'm going to talk you through how we run our Monday mindset, motivation and magic milestone sessions. So this is part one. There'll be a part two. I'm going to give you a rundown of what we do in our Friday feedback loops and why they're so important as well. So today, though, let's talk about the Monday huddles. So what we do, we gather a group of my clients and their teams on Zoom and break down a Monday huddle. So it's a little bit different, right? It's not one of those Monday morning sales meetings, butt kickings like that everyone hates and no one wants to turn up to. We've got people that long after they shouldn't be turning up anymore, still popping by and saying hi. We've had people say that when they don't do these sessions, it's like the wheels fall off the wagon. So I love to give this to our team members because it stops the dreaded Monday morning-itis. It's giving them something back to them. We're whole human coaching them. We're setting them up for success in their own lives and giving them some time to drop into themselves not just into the busyness of the workday. So a few reasons why it works. A, we're looking at them as a whole human. We're not just treating it as an application. It's not an ass reaming uh, on a Monday morning. It's not like, oh, God, do I have to do this again? It actually is giving back to them and gives them the motivation to want to get there and get the stuff done. We're also helping them on their whole life because we know that if we can put out some of the fires and stem some of the bleeding that's happening outside of work, when they show up to work, they are more clear-minded, they can be more present, they can be more focused, they can have more energy. When they're happier outside of work, they're happier inside of work, and we know that happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. So it's a win for you as a business owner or a leader, and it's a winner for them as a human being, and it's a win for me because I want to be the large, world's largest enabler of humans that are happy at work and really I just want to be the ripple effect for the change that we want to see in the workplace and the world. Okay, let's talk about the structure. So we always start our session with a way to drop into the third space. So you've probably listened to one of our other podcasts with Kyle where we talk about the third space. If not, I'd suggest go back and check out one of those. But a little overview. Third space is really about how do we disconnect from the shit that's been going on before this moment. So if we've come from like mini humans running around, it's Monday morning madness in the house or nagging or something's happened, bad driving, terrible traffic, all the shit, right? We don't want to take that energy hangover into the rest of our day. Conversely, we don't want the craziness and stress of a busy workday to enter our home life and potentially have an effect on the people around us, our orbit. Like we, we, I tell the story of like the stressed out dad who's like worked all day, he's done the hours, he's like really stressed out, he's got stuff to do, and little Johnny comes and pulls on his pant leg and he's like, dad, can you throw the footy with me? And the dad turns around and is like, F off or 
bugger off. Like, I can't do that now. Can't you see I'm busy? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. Doesn't even matter what the words are. It's the it's the vibe like that little mini human feels. And they say that we assign meaning about our self-worth and everything up until about the age seven is really vulnerable. And that little child might make a meaning in their head that they're not worthy, they, they're not lovable, they're not important, work's more important. All of these programming start to get layered in because of this effect, which is why I'm so passionate with what I do with Fare to be the ripple of the positivity and the change that we want to see in the world. It's like, okay, how can we, how can we equip humans to go into those situations in with better coping mechanisms and more awareness of, of what could happen. So third space. Again, I use this, I teach this to all of our leaders to do between meetings. So if you're going from one performance meeting to another or you go from a supplier meeting into a team meeting, or you're going from performance review into a negotiation, like where you've got to shift that energy, you've got to get your head in the game of wherever you're going to and being present in that moment and not like resting bitch face and not projecting a vibration of, or whatever it is, okay? So we use breathwork as the most simple tool. It is the, it's quick, it's easy, you can do it anywhere. And we've got three different styles that we use. We've got the Wim Hof method, which I have the app on my phone. It's only, but you can you can do it for free as well. It is, I don't know if you're, if you're watching It's not very good on the screen, but it's the WHM or Wim Hof method if you look up on the app store and you can follow here's guided breathing. That one's really great because it's about the high oxygenation of your system. It gives you, I use it in the mornings to give me energy, but also to give me mindfulness because I can't, lizard brain doesn't run when I'm going breathing, breathing in, out, in, out, in a circular motion, 30 breaths. There's no time for thinking about other stuff. You focus in on that minute. It quiets everything. And it's got a really good breath hold at the end. Yeah, average breath holds around two minutes, which is doing all sorts of things to our chemistry and biology to, to lower stress and also disease within the body. I won't go into all the science on that. You can listen to Wim. But we do love that one. One of the other ones we do is, the team call it sphincter tightening. <laughs> it's one where we um we're not actually doing the breath work so much it's more about the the tensing and releasing of muscles we work our way up and down to drop into the body and to really sink in and then we'll do regulate our breathing at the end and then the one that's the most common that's the easiest to do in between meetings is just a simple round of box breathing when we start the monday sessions we do three rounds because That gives us the time we disconnect from the world to really drop in, to really regulate, to really change the chemistry and to tell our parasympathetic nervous system that we are actually safe. We are good to go. Our sympathetic nervous system doesn't need to be in fight or flight and breaking out and having the high cortisol levels or anxiety and it can just get us down there. But it's you can just do one round is the perfect thing if you're in a rush between meetings or between phone calls and you need to clear the decks to be able to enter it in the right mindset, that's the one. So let me walk you through it now. I am not a breathwork facilitator by any stretch of the imagination. When I run our client intensives, I always bring in an expert facilitator in this. But these are on YouTube. They're on every app. Like it's so easy to find, but it's so easy to lead. So 
no matter where you are. Usually if I'm running it with a team, I get them to close their eyes down to really sink into the process. But if you're driving a vehicle while listening to this, do not close your eyes. Okay. So I get everyone just to settle in, get them to disconnect. We usually warm up our hands, cover our eyes down to do the full disconnection from the outside world and the sensory deprivation. I tell everyone to start feeling the the sensation. For me, I'm usually standing like this. And so, and I close my eyes down too. I can't see them um, while I'm dropping into that space. But to I feel the carpet under my toes. So I tell anyone, if you've got bare feet, feel the floor. If you're sitting, start to feel the sensation of the chair touching your legs, the sensation of your clothes touching your skin and starting to feel what the breath feels like as it's coming in and out of you. So you really want to be just dropping out of the brain and into the body, into the present moment, in the here and now. We also start with saying, right, I am setting my intention. The world suffers from intention deficit disorder. And this is our opportunity to set the intention and to give ourselves the permission to be in the here and now to do this process, to connect to soul and source rather than ego and mind that's driving uh, a lot of our brain activity. So once we've got that and everyone's settled, we just go through a round of the box breathing. We do in for four, hold for four, out for six and hold for four. The reason why we go longer out is when we're talking about lowering cortisol and taking control of, say, the anxiety breath that's way up here, walk into our chemistry, the longer out really says we are safe because when we have the time to breathe out, we're not running, we're not freaking out, right? We we are safe, and this is old old chemistry. So, and we when we sit in the in the last one, we're really sitting there telling ourselves that we are in control uh, and we are safe. When we do it in a three round, on the last round we do a longer exhalation, as far as they can, and push a little bit more out at the very very end, and then we hold for as long as possible whatever feels safe and comfortable and then we just sip in a little bit of air and then regulate the breathing from there so let's do let's do one I'll run one through with you if you're driving you can still do the breath work just don't close your eyes if you are somewhere that you are stationary I encourage you to close your eyes down right now and do the process with us and realize just how easy it is to clear the decks ready to transition into any other activities you've got to do okay so let's do it let's go in two, three, four. Hold two, three, four. Out two, three, four, five, six. Hold two, three, four. Super easy, right? Took no time at all. And I'm sure you can feel your chemistry or is it changing in your, in your body and dropping in. The other thing it's doing is when we're doing the count of the breathing, it's stopping our mind from running off on a million other things, right? Because we're focused on just doing the count. So there is so much science and you can go and Google it on how this works and why it works, or you can just trust me and just believe in the process. You do it. You feel much better. You can walk in to your next thing a little bit more connected. Okay. Then what I usually do is get everyone just to stay with their eyes closed if they're not driving. And regulate the breathing and and focus on having an equal inhalation and exhalation. Notice how that feels, breathing into our belly rather than the top of our chest. 
sinking in. And then we go through and I say something to effect of it changes each week. I do channel a little bit. I do read off the energy of whoever is coming into the calls. So you can do this if you're a business leader and you're running something like this for your team and you haven't signed up to jump into my calls, then you can just be going, okay, get a bit of a read on the team, get a feel for it, really trust your gut instinct and, and ask yourself what questions need to be asked today. But pretty much the first question is always around something to do with what does success look like for you this week? If you were to fast forward to we did 5 p.m. on Sunday today, so we because I'm recording this on a Monday, we fast forwarded to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Describe what a successful look like week looks like to you. What are the feelings? What are the achievements? What are you proud of? What have you done? And what made this week really epic? And so we do that with our usually dropped in with their eyes closed so they can really visualize and get connected to what success looks like for them. And this is this is where we're starting to tap into the motivation, guys. Like they're, they're making a memory. They're making a vision. I tell them to visualize it, really see it, really sit into the emotion, really think about what it feels like to tick those tasks off, to meet with those friends, to do that thing and bring it into your present moment awareness because once we've made that memory print, we can get after it. And it really does help us to set that motivation to work towards it as we go through the week because we've got, a, we've got an, a feeling associated to it. We've painted what the picture of success looks like. I then get them to really think through, okay, if that's what success looks like, what are the, what are the markers of success? What are the key things that need to be achieved? And what are the actions that you need to take to get there? So think about your habits, your behaviors, your routine. What makes you get the shit done? How do you fit it in? Do you need to create an ideal week planner? Do you need to set some barrier boundaries and barriers with people? Do you need to set some expectations within your team? Do you need to have a conversation with someone to let them know where you're at? Do you need to ask for help because you're stuck? Do you need to scope a project? What are the things that you need to do to be able, like the actual actions, the actual steps and things that you would need to do to be able to be the person that has that success? So really challenging them to think through, okay, cool, if that's the outcome, what's the cause, cause and effect? On Fridays, we talk about where was I at cause, but let's think about what what do I need to do? How can I be at cause for getting the result that I want to have? Do I need to go to bed earlier? Do I need to not drink during the week? Do I need to have some recovery? Do I need some flow time? So I need to make sure for me, if I looked at what success looked like for the week and I needed to design, like I did last week, I had to design a full program for my Bliss One Blueprint Day with all of the clients, with all of the different work, all the detail of the workshops. And then I needed to design the workbook that went with the workshops. And for me, this is like, I really need to be in the creative zone for that. So for me to get that, I was sitting at my desk and I was stuck and I'm like, why can't I do it? Why, why am I stuck? I need to, I need to hack flow. So I was like, okay, clear the decks. I've got to go surfing. So I went Thursday morning. I was like, I'm just going to surf until I feel like I'm in the zone. So I did two hours in the water, got out and absolutely smashed it and got it done. You've got to, you've got to help your people and yourself find out what your flow triggers are. What do you need to do? What's the conditions? And these are the questions you ask on the Monday. It's like, what are the conditions that need to be set 
for you to be able to be in peak performance, to be peak creativity, peak, peak focus, peak get shit den mode to be able to achieve these things, to achieve the impossible. What's the stack? What's the habit stacks? What's the guidelines? What's the conversations? What's the environment? Like even where you sit, if you've been on some of my other podcasts before, you know, I talk a lot about being heavily affected by environment. I can't do steel work, detailed work, structured work facing at this uh, desktop and this computer system and all my lights and everything, because this is where I perform. And I just want to be in blaze mode and performing. I sit over, oh, you can get a tour through the house. Wait, all the way over here, there's another desk. And I sit there if I need to do like bookkeeping stuff and writing proposals and, and that sort of thing. That, and I know that that's my desk for doing that work. And it's, it's like a memory anchor. I can drop into that space. And also I get to look at what you guys are looking at right now. So when I'm facing that way, then another favorite spot of mine, I'm just going to drop off camera over there at Diva sitting in my van is where I do my best creation of processes and systems. Like if I'm making a Trello board for a, for a client, like to, for their onboarding, like creating a client, a new employee onboarding sequence in Trello or in ClickUp or a uh, hiring job funnel from getting, getting the attention of a candidate, all of the nurture sequence throughout them applying and driving them through to interview stage and follow up and, Oh, all the way through to offer and all like 11 pages worth of copy that I had to write the other day to, to go through that, to make sure that process is really nailed um, for one of my clients. My van is the best place for that. Like just in my swimmers, feet dangling over the edge with a smoothie bowl, or sometimes a beer. And just in, I think it's because I feed off the energy of other people because I'm a blaze personality, but I don't need to talk to them. I feel like I'm in my own space. I'm not dictated to by emails or anything like that because I'm out in my van and I feed off the energy of the ocean and the environment. So these are these are things that you can teach your team and yourself to figure out like by, this is how we use Friday feedback loops as well, is like to ask these questions. What's the environment? What's it need to be? Test it. Notice it. What works for you? What didn't work for you? Where do you get in the zone to do those genius things? Where do you need to be for the different types of tasks to get your shit done? Okay, so we go through that process. Then I ask them, okay, who do you need to be to be the person? How do you need to show up? Design that character of who you're going to be this week. How are you going to interact with other people? We talk through like I always get my clients to think about and their teams, so all the different team members are on, we think about, What's the company virtue that's going to underpin this performance this week? So to give an example, one of our clients, they have a virtue of own it. And they might go, well, look, for these things that I need to get done this week, I need to own it. I need to own the wins, but I also own, need to own some shit that fucked up and I need to go and have some conversations with team members so that I can clear the decks with them. They're going to be tough conversations but that's going to be the thing that's going to get them on board and get them back enrolled in what they need to do. So the virtual I'm going to embody is owning it and the, and the action steps to do it is to book these three meetings with team members and do it. Someone else's might be, be human-centric. So one of our, Kyle's team, uh, and Kyle, who you normally see on the podcast, he has a virtue of being human-centric. And then he might sit and go, okay, 
well, we have all these things with COVID and testing and, oh, what do we, how do we juggle this? How, what, what's the situation? I've got these state things I need to adjust this week, I need to achieve. But if I put, put the lens of human-centric on, my decision-making will be a lot easier because I'll be able to look at it through that lens and make the decision and make the right choice and make it happen. Okay, so there's a couple, couple of little examples for you. But you're, this is how you embed culture in your team as well. You pick, a, you pick a virtue yourself that you're going to embody because we've talked about this. What you do is who you are. So you need to model it or your business leader needs to model it from the top down. So communicate to the team, this is what I'm going to embody this week and this is how I'm going to do it. And then asking all of your team members, what are you going to embody and how are you going to do it? So even the teams that join me on the group call, they all break out into their own individual huddles afterwards and discuss it as a team for accountability and they will have those conversations. I'm going to embody this virtue. Please hold me to account. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is then having those conversations every single week about our culture, how we live and breathe it, how it is our DNA, how, ride or die. And this is how this is really how you up-level and integrate a culture into your business. Done is better than perfect. So if it meant like you gave questions or that you did like have a recording, I've got some recordings that we are we can get you if you did want them, but it's... It really is. I like to be able to read what's going on in the room and be able to pick. And then if you're doing it individually, you can be going through a process with them as well and and probing a little bit further. Okay. So once we've figured out who we need to be, how do we we need to show up? We've got our habits, behaviors, routines. I'll get everyone to commit to the routine that they think is going to have the biggest impact on them or the habit behavior routine is going to have the biggest impact on them this week. And that could be also working on a negative one. Well, what's perceived as negative? Like, I actually think that if I can, you know, during COVID and Zoom meetings, a few people have slipped into having a glass of wine every night or a few beers, and that may be affecting their sleep pattern. So we've found, for me, I definitely find this, if even like two small glasses of wine really affects my ability to drop into REM and to get the deep restful sleep, I my brain's a little bit more active when I'm sleeping, my dreams are more vivid, and I don't seem to get that same level of deep relaxation sleep that I do and when I don't have any alcohol. So some of my other people have found that that's been something for them as well. It's not that they're hitting it a lot. It's just that even one glass can take an effect on, on your sleep. And same as say caffeine. A lot of people know like the half-life really affects them. So putting in a either a, a habit or building a habit of no drinking during the work week or no coffee after 12 o'clock or no caffeine, can make a massive difference to the sleep, which then increases the energy levels in the morning. So going through and diagnosing this stuff, this is something I do when I work with people over their get shit done plans and creating their ideal week planners and testing these habits, behaviors, and routine stacks. But you can just be aware, just start to think like, okay, do I sleep a little sketchier if I do drink coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon, Uh, even though I go to sleep? So for me, three espresso martinis and be still out like a light, Heart feels like it's racing to death when I go to sleep and I can go to sleep because I'm exhausted, but the sleep is not the same. The rest is not the same. Okay, so you want to be starting to notice that stuff. Some people, they realize if they oversleep, it has an effect on them or like there's an optimum sleep time. There's certain things like if they need to get up and walk during the day to re-energize them so they don't get a 3.30-itis crash. So you want to be asking your people and asking yourself, what is for this week 
the habit behavior or routine that you want to focus on to set yourself up for peak performance. Beautiful. Cool. I then, I've got, I think you guys have seen me on podcasts with my decks of cards. I've got a selection. I'm making my own at the moment, but I usually go to make it a little bit fun. I get, I choose a couple of people to pick cards for us. So I'll give you a couple of examples of cards that have come out recently. So I'll usually say like, okay, Joel or somebody, what color do you want? And we'll pick a color and then I'll shuffle the cards and whatever card comes out. So it's a bit interactive with people. It's, it keeps it fresh and it's, it's kind of intuition as well. So this is, this is good for the team. So here's a question and we'll throw it to them. What's getting in the way of you being exactly who you want to be? And they journal that out and they get that down. And then it, often I can loop that back and go, okay, well, would you change the habit, behavior, and routine that you put down? How would you adjust that based on that? How do you step up to be the person that you really want to be? And then I elaborate on that because I'll be like, okay, let's, let's take that to the next step. Where is it getting in the way for you personally, for self, for who you want to be as a human? What about in your orbit as a parent, as a lover, as a partner, as a friend, as a community member? And then lastly, I always end with, and what about as a workmate? What about as a colleague? What about as an employee? What's getting in the way of you being exactly who you should be at work? Cool. So we unpack something like that. Oh, this one's always a good one. What, what do you need to know to make the decision you've been putting off? And again, I'll probe. Personal life, orbit, work. What's the decision? Like what's a tough decision or situation that you need to work through to unblock you, to get unstuck, to progress a project, to get some shit done and deal with that? This one's great for teams as well. Oh, my gosh. What triggers you and how can you transform your response in this area? Again, I'll lead them. Remember, we talk about whole human. Unblocking shit for people at home has absolutely exponential results for you at work in your team. So helping people to figure out what their triggers are, helping yourself find out what your triggers are, right, and how you can transform that and respond rather than react. Now, if this is something that's really interesting to you, we have another podcast that I did with Kyle on how to become response-able so that you can get yourself into the position that you can respond rather than react and take control of the situation. But this is just a great awareness piece. Imagine you're upskilling your team and yourself every single Monday by looking at this, okay? Often these can be used in retrospect. We might use them in the Friday feedback loops. So I'd probe a little bit differently in that. But on a Monday, I'd be then going, okay, cool. How can you put that into play this week? How can you utilize that awareness? Because most of us don't have a knowledge problem. We have an implementation problem. How can you go, right, I recognize that that could be a trigger for me this week. What can I do to set myself up to not be triggered? This is working on the mindset, right? So we talked about motivation and we looked at like getting connected to the future vision, the future success, and really connecting to what that feels like and looks like. Then we're now dropping into the, the mindset. How do, we, how do we take control and set the intention? How do we prepare ourselves to step up, to handle any of the – I then talk like, okay, what are some of the things that could derail you this week? What could fuck up? What could go sideways? What could trigger you? And what can you do to mitigate that risk and keep yourself on the tracks? So, and what do you need to have in your tool belt to get yourself to bounce back? Because if you fall off the rails, it happens. How do you get yourself back on? What, what do you have 
and you guys might have heard of my energy tool belts and energy energy state tool belts before that you can use to re-trigger yourself like a pump up track or a run around the box or punch in the bag, whatever it is to, because it's not about how far you fall, it's about how far you bounce and how quickly you do it once the derailment happens. Okay, so how do we mitigate risk? So we're equipping our people to think about this and ask you the questions. Like they might go, oh, fuck, this could bring me undone or if I don't get this result by then, could you help me? This is where I'm stuck. After we've done the session, I always loop back and I say to the team members, okay, where are you stuck? Where do you need support? So do that in the session as well. Where are you stuck? Where do you need support? Who else can help you? Then they can feed that back and you can all push forward. Okay. I have another couple of cards. I'm not going to go through to those right now. Um, I just wanted to give you the general concept. You can design this yourself or you can reach out to us. Like I said, I lead a group call that has multiple companies and multiple teams come on it. And then they break out into their own puddles afterwards. And I coach how they do coach them how to do that so that they can do it afterwards without me and, and get it done correctly. But at the end, we always wrap with, okay, so out of everything that we've looked at today, what are the three magic milestones that are going to push you forward and that are going to have the biggest impact on your success for the successful week that you decided you're going to have and it's going to move the needle in the direction of where we want to go in the future? So usually when I'm doing this with the teams, I tell them to pick two work, one personal or one habit, behavior, and routine that they're going to be held accountable to. And this is, I'm, I say, this is like balls on the line, bitches. Like you're going to state this publicly to your team. And as a leader, you're going to do it to your, to your team as well. Okay. Balls on the line. What are you committing to? What are you going to do? What's going to get it done? And then we set a risk and reward. So again, we start playing with the motivation side of things here. Some people are more motivated by a reward, the, the, the carrot, others by the stick which is the risk. And so I'm usually more motivated by the risk. And sometimes people's are the same, like their risk and the reward are the same thing. So I, that board over there, I, that was a risk and reward for me for one of my six-week get shit done plans. If I did the plan, I got the board. If I didn't do the plan and do say what I said I was going to do, I didn't get the board. See, risk and reward on that one. I did do another one where I wanted another new board and it was I needed to order it in advance. So the risk was I didn't get to ride the new board till the next six-week get shit done was finished and achieved. I wasn't allowed to ride the board until I had achieved a six-week get shit done plan. So it's a bigger item for a bigger time frame. We break it down a little bit smaller on the weekly. So this morning we have a couple of guys that are always, their, their risk is cold showers. I love this one because for me, it's a health hack. So my risk this week is actually I have to have hot showers, warm showers, because I know the benefits of cold showers and I embrace doing them and I actually do them every day now. So to, for me to take that away, I know I'm ripping off my biology and my chemistry and my longevity and my anti-aging and all of the things, my anti-disease. So I don't really want to do, go back to that right now. If it was winter, it might be a different situation. But that's a that's an an a smaller piece. So we have someone that's going to have a cheat one cheat meal. They get one cheat meal if they achieve their plan this week. And if they don't, I think we decided they had to work wash the work trailer was the <laughs> they had to come in and do a punishment wash the work trailer. So utilizing these things to pull on the motivators, it's publicly stating to the team and holding to an account. And I talk all of them about it's extreme ownership. I'm not going to be there 
to see if you're taking your cold showers. So one of the guys did suggest that someone had to send photos to one of the other guys to prove that it was cold. I don't know about that. That's maybe crossing some sort of line. Some HR issue might be there. But I talked to him about the concept of extreme ownership and you're only ripping yourself off and the importance of having the integrity of your word. Because if you lie to yourself and you're not, you don't have integrity with your word to yourself, then who the fuck else is going to trust you or believe you? So it really is putting it back on there. We, we go through, I, I talk a lot about extreme ownership and helping to people to understand where they're at cause retrospectively, not, not blame, but where they're at cause. Actually, we have a podcast on that one as well too, extreme ownership. I'd get on that if that's a problem with your people or with yourself and being impeccable with your word and being in, and you're only ripping yourself off when you don't do what you say you're going to do for yourself. But the motivators there, the team check in when it's the habits, behaviors and routines. I've got some of the business leaders, they send me on Slack, they send me a photo of their shoes on the pavement at 3.30 in the morning or a video of going a walk around the block at six o'clock at night to just to, to hold them to account to make sure they've got it done. And you can set this up with your teams. Like we've had some hilarious ones like that. It builds camaraderie. It shares stuff outside of work as well. And because connection, if you're looking at staff retention and your staff engagement, connection is your number one secret power and super like massive weapon. People who feel like they've got a friend at work and someone who genuinely cares about them, if they've got a, if they've got someone they class as like a best work friend, they are they stay seven times longer than other employees, and they're seven times more productive. That sounds like a win to me, right? That's a big, big win. Considering it usually staff attrition usually costs you twice someone's salary. So hypothetically, if you've got someone that you're paying eighty thousand dollars and you turn them over, it's likely to cost you an extra $80,000 on top of that in lost productivity, profitability, training time, time to recruit like or paying to recruit them. Like it's when you actually work out the business costs, if you've had to change over stationary and all sorts of things and you start really layering that stuff on, it it's a disaster. If you've got a salesperson and they're not out selling, then you're it's lost opportunity, lost sales, lost deals. So you really want to think about what are these things that can create connection? And this is a really great way. It's a shared experience. It's a shared, it's something about who they are as humans as well. So they're not just talking about work. They get to share who they really are, which adds to levels of significance and feeling like they're seen. And then also you've got your, you're pulling the levers on flow with like challenge and skills balance and share and publicly sharing goals to hold to account. And then you can create a container where they're sharing stuff that's not just a work related, that's a bit of fun and, and create community. Okay. So that's that's a bit of a how I run my Monday mindset, motivation and magic milestone sessions. I will do a part two for you uh, in the coming weeks on the Friday feedback loops and what's the why it's so important to come back and loop on that and how that helps us with peak performance as well. But that's it for today. Uh, if you'd like any more assistance on getting those podcasts, just comment wherever you're watching this or jump on my, just jump on my YouTube and search those terms. You'll find them or Spotify, wherever you're watching this podcast, really use the terms. And if you want to know more about how I run these four clients and how you can work with me and the team to implement this stuff within your own business, then just make sure that you drop me an email at hello at jadegreen.com. Dot au, okay, and myself or one of the team will get back to you, and we can talk to you about how we can get you onboarded into this sort of leadership and culture work as well. 
Okay. I will see you next episode. Until then, make sure you are being the ripple and creating the ways of change that you want to see in the workplace and the world. Thanks for listening to the Team Engineered Podcast. Are you ready to build a kick-ass team, weaponize your workforce and live an epic life? If so, connect with us at www.teamengineered.com. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.